to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can f make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some f really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, now that, my friend, is <laughs> very hard to do. And you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. The expression of the human body. I mean, the f everything. I mean, you know, not just the hand. And when you're talking about combat, well, I mean, if, if, it, if it is a sport, now, now you're talking about something else. You have regulations, you have rules. But when you're talking about fighting as it is, oh, with no rules. Not real fighting. Well, then, baby, you better train every part of your body. What's up, Penn Nation? You are now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. As always, as always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be back yet again with episode 120, and we've got three awesome guests for you guys. We're going to kick things off with UFC Women's Flyweight Champion and arguably one of the best martial artists in the game today, the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina returns to preview her upcoming title defense against Liz Carmouche, August 10th in Uruguay. We'll be discussing the stylistic matchup between Liz and Valentina. We'll talk a bit about the champ's mindset going into this fight, given that it is a rematch, and Liz had won the fight via Dr. Stoppage early in their respective careers. So while this isn't about revenge for Valentina, she does look forward at the opportunity to erase that loss from her record and put on another great performance for all the fans in South America. And we'll also discuss her star power for helping the UFC break into yet another market and a whole lot more. Always a pleasure to be joined by the champ, Valentina Shevchenko. Next up, after the bullet, we'll be joined by former UFC heavyweight, Set to make his one championship debut this Friday at Dawn of Heroes in Manila, Arjan Bular. Now, Arjan signed with one championship. Coming off of a two-fight win streak in the UFC, we're going to find out exactly what led to that move over to one championship, how excited he is to make his debut on such an awesome card, his thoughts on the heavyweight division within one championship, how he feels he matches up, with some of the elite there, and of course the champion, Brandon Vera, and his dream of bringing mixed martial arts back to his home country of India. Very exciting stuff for Arjan going forward. He truly has an opportunity with one championship to not only realize his dreams, but further expand the reach of mixed martial arts and bring it to another level globally. So again, an awesome new chapter for Arjan's career. 
And then closing out this episode, we'll be joined by women's mixed martial arts pioneer, women's combat sports pioneer for that matter, set to return August 2nd, this Friday, Combate America's Fresno, the one and only warrior princess, Zoila Frosto. Zoila had to overcome some personal hurdles as well as some injuries, but now she's reinvigorated, she's rejuvenated, she's back to loving competition, and Zoila feels like she's only getting started with this next chapter of her career. So we're going to break down the matchup with Reina Cordoba. We'll discuss her experience so far with Combate Americas and all the fine work they're doing within the Latino community and their continued expansion into other markets as well. We'll discuss what she has left to accomplish in the sport, her championship aspirations, and a whole lot more. So there you have it. That's the lineup, episode 120, BJPen.com radio, the fighter's voice. Let's get it started. First up, we kick things off with the UFC women's flyweight champ, Valentina Shevchenko. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, UFC women's flyweight champ and one of the pound-for-pound best martial artists in the world today, the incredibly talented Valentina Shevchenko. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to speak with us, Valentina. How are you doing today? Hello, Jason. Doing great. Trained in the morning. Now I have a little bit free time before like, we will continue our journey through the day. Very good, very good. Before we get into your upcoming title defense, I wanted to ask you how your summer has been going. I saw that you recently went on a hot air balloon. What was that experience like? Oh, it was amazing. It was a very uh, beautiful experience, and the flight was so great. We woke up at 3 in the morning. We drew, like, across all the city to the uh, location where we have to uh, meet with the team, with the crew, and then, like, seeing all the preparations, the balloons getting ready for the flight, then the safety instruction, and we was, like, up in the air, and the flight was were so smooth and it's really really something that i really enjoyed that day now it looked like you flew over the desert correct yes it's correct and it was uh, amazing because on uh some side you can see still las vegas like on the far distance and from other side you you can see the uh, red rock canyon and the desert so you can take a look at um, how it looks like the place where where you're living but from the other perspective from the very very high um, altitude how long was the ride it was one hour flight and all preparation, like all before and after, it took about three, four hours altogether. Awesome. That is awesome. I also saw you've been doing plenty of shooting, as always, in Vegas as well. I know that's a big passion of yours. Do you see yourself ever doing any competitive shooting in the future? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, while we was living in Peru, in South America, me and my sister, we were competing a lot in the shooting defensive pistol competition. Antonina, she is Peruvian champion of uh, IPSC, the federation. And uh, being here in the States, 
we competed like few times in Texas in IDPA uh, federation, but uh, now with like all preparations for the fight, it takes a lot of energy, but for sure I thinking and I'm very motivated to come back to um, my competition. I know here in space it's a very high level of competition because uh, women, they are so strong, so fast, and I see myself uh, uh, finally go back in it, and I hope it's going to be soon. Oh, that would be awesome to see. Las Vegas, of course, being uh, the place that you live, plenty of opportunities to shoot there. I also know that you're training uh, there for this fight as well. How has your camp been so far? Uh, training camp going smooth, uh, very uh, high uh, temp of training. Me and my sister, we have our training camps together. She's preparing for her fight on August 3, and I am like a week later, August 10th. So uh, a lot of sparring, a lot of uh, training, and uh, just like keeping in focus, uh, keeping us in shape. Our coach, Pavel Fedotovsky, is doing everything to make us prepared for the fight. Now, last time we spoke, you were hoping to be on the San Antonio card last weekend. Of course, that was not the case, and you were booked to headline UFC Uruguay on August 10th, as you mentioned. You must be very excited to bring the UFC to yet another new market. Yes, of course, it's something great, and I'm very happy to uh, travel to Latin America because, uh, as I said, uh, we were living in um, South America for eight years, eight years in Peru. While we were there, we traveled a lot uh, in different countries of South America, and of course, it's um, I'm really happy to go back, travel there back, and uh, more like uh, it, it was only one country that we never visited, Uruguay, and now we have opportunity to to know this culture, to see the country. Uh, we've been uh, many times in Argentina, and I love, I like a lot this culture of gauchos and all um, what they have. And I know that Uruguay have very similar similar culture, so I'm very excited to be there. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You know, considering how much I know you love to travel. Uh, th- this is another chance for you to experience a new c- new culture, new country. You must be very happy about that. Yes, of course. Even like um, uh, I know that uh, it's going to be fight week and I would be focused on the training preparation, do you like, doing like media responsibilities with UFC and it's not going to be the same feeling as travel and just to see the country. But still, I will have the opportunity to start this journey. Right, right. Now, as you mentioned, given your background of living in Peru and the fact that you're fluent in Spanish, I'd imagine you're expecting a lot of love from the fans in Uruguay. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. And uh, it's uh, going to be great. It's going to be like huge support for me and huge motivation as well. Now, given that you're fluent in you know several languages, uh, the international star power that you have, obviously the UFC realizes that star power. That must feel pretty good to be headlining and breaking into a new market like this. Yes, of course. Uh, um, yes, and it's like great that 
um, I can speak Spanish, I can speak English, I can speak Russian, and of course it's great when you um, have this opportunity to understand the people, to speak on their own language, uh, to under because when you speak their language, you understand more the culture, and you know the uh, Latin American culture is very uh, every time so a happy culture and very good people, very open people, and um, of course. Um, to be headliner on the first um, UC card in Uruguay, it's a huge honor as well. Definitely, definitely. And like I said, I mean, the star power that you command is is very obvious, so I'd imagine that the fans there are very excited to, con- to see you compete. The challenger, of course, will be Liz Carmouche. She's a longtime veteran of the sport, having a lot of success in the flyweight division. You two have uh, already fought once before, almost 10 years ago. We, you and I had spoke about this last time you were on the show, but give us your thoughts on Liz on a, as an opponent and how you guys match up. Uh, so Liz, she's a strong opponent. She's an uh, MMA fighter. She's well-rounded, and she has very powerful wrestling and grappling. So it's going to be a good fight, um, as I say saying every time I'm preparing for anything any kind of surprises that she's preparing for me I'm ready for it and I will just uh, want to make happen my game plan and as soon as I will uh, uh, I will have the opportunity to finish the fight I will do it that's why I'm training hard I'm training very hard every day to push myself to the limits and make myself better fighter each day well, you know, Joe Rogan in the in your last fight against Jessica I, he was talking about the fact that you're, you know, a sniper with your striking. You have that assassin-like uh, offense and defense as well. I mean, your, your precision is just unrivaled in, in the division. Uh, but you mentioned that Liz is probably going to be coming forward with a heavy wrestling game plan, and you, you say you were very well prepared for that as well? Uh, you know, I don't think that she's going to uh, go like forward just to wrestle me and try to make me tired. I think she's, um, you know, she's army girl and she has a lot of discipline and she's uh, going to use more like tricky things, uh, trying to um, like... Um, it's not, you know, it's not about this fight when, for example, one saying that, okay, my game plan is this one game plan and I will follow up. It's not the case. It's uh, uh, here in the fight, it's something about to make your opponent made, commit a mistake and then to use this uh, mistake. This is... Um, this is I see in my game plan. Uh, it's like more smarter because, uh, um, like I said before, yeah, when you go to the fight, you can go in exchanges easily. It uh, doesn't take a lot of um, uh, knowledge. It doesn't take a lot of strategy. You just go there and hit there. It's like 50-50. You can be successful or your opponent can be successful. It's uh, not the smartest thing. You can go easy. Everyone can do it. But the uh, hardest thing uh, on the fight is uh, choose the right tactic and to react uh, properly in the moment when your opponent changing the game plan for his or her like uh, uh, fight and when uh, how 
uh, how great you can adapt and change your game plan. This is, I think, the um, the level. It de uh, defines the level of the fighter, the level of the professional fighter. Absolutely, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, you know, not only is it uh, the obvious game plan, the, the 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 foundation of that, but at the end of the day, it's uh, reacting and creating reactions in order to create openings and and look for counters, things like that. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. The first fight against Liz was a doctor's stoppage in favor of Karmouche. Uh The last time we spoke, you told me that you were dominating that fight in all areas up until the doctor stopped it, correct? Yes, it's correct. It was like a lucky strike for sure, and I even didn't feel the uh, heat. And we, uh, we were like continuing uh, our fight because it was like minute or two before the end and we were continuing our grapple. And after when it was the uh, end of the round, the doctor came in and uh, saw um, the blood. So it was uh, cut on my eyebrow. So uh, they decided to stop the fight. I was against. I was feeling that I able to continue the fight, but they decided so. And uh, when they decided, you can do can do nothing. So what happened? That happened. It's um, uh, made. Um, I made the, the right decision uh, accordingly what with that ha what happened before and since then passed a lot of time and now uh, I have my opportunity to create the new decision the new history of the fight and I will do it yeah I was gonna say considering how the first fight went with the unfortunate doctor stoppage I'm wondering is there a revenge factor for you going into this one you know a chance to avenge that loss and prove why you are the better fighter uh, you know, it's uh, for me. It's not the revenge. It's not the emotional thing. It's not the personal thing. Okay, what uh, what was before? It was before. I never carrying it uh, with me through the years. I'm just uh, like to keep me moving forward. And um, for me, it's gonna be uh, another challenge, another fight to defend my belt and keep the belt for the for a long time as I can. So it's going to be another fight for me. Right. Now, obviously, you both have evolved as martial artists since the first meeting. However, I'm sure you expect to be even more dominant in all areas the second time around. Of course, yes. Of course, yes. That's why I'm training hard every day. And I, every time, like, uh, think in my mindset, it's, okay, what you had uh, successfully, like, last previous fight, it's already in the past. And now you are starting everything over. You cannot carry uh, not emotions, not feelings from the last fight because you are starting everything over with some new opponent, with different like uh, body type, different mindset. That's why you have to be ready for anything. You have to prepare good your body. You have to prepare good your um, uh, mental. And with all of this, be successful on your fight. But this is what I'm working on uh, every day, every single day in my training. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just think about it almost 10 years ago. You guys are two completely different fighters at this point now, right? Uh, probably, yes. Uh, you know, yes, uh, definitely, because it's a long time, a lot of years. Now, I know you're never looking past opponents and always focused on the task at hand, uh, but do you see anyone as a front runner? 
for your next challenger after Carmouche? Uh, you know, you are saying very right. I never thinking about next, next. For me right now, it's um, Liz Carmouche is going to be my next challenge. And then I will start about, I will start thinking about uh, what's go, uh, going to happen. Because uh, it's um, not making any sense to think in advance. Because um, if I would think like my next challenge would be uh, Caitlin Chakogian, so anyway, it didn't happen. My next challenge is Liz Carmouche. That's why it's not making any sense to think in in advance. Right. No, I completely understand. Do you spend? Do you uh, pay much attention to your division, though? I'd imagine you watch all the fights. I have to. I have to think about it. I have to watch about all fighters in my division because, uh, yes, of course, it's because it's my division. Right. Now, you mentioned uh, Caitlin there, Jennifer Maya coming off of a big win over Roxanne Mataferi. A lot of people that believe that uh, Macy Barber will be climbing the ranks very quickly. Give us your thoughts on Jennifer and Macy as potential opponents. Mm, anyone would work. Uh, while they're climbing all the way up, I'm gladly will fight with anyone. Jennifer, she's a good fighter. She fought in Invicta. She showed her skills, and now she's climbing up. So anyone who would be closer to the uh, um, like higher numbers in the rankings, I would be gladly fight them. True. You take on all challengers, that is for sure. <laughs> yes, I do. Changing gears here for a moment. What was your reaction to uh, Amanda Nunez uh, knocking out Holly Holm? Uh, it was good fight, strong fight, and uh, what I can say, what I can say, it was good KO. Many people, I, I know that you get asked this all the time, but many people still believe that you are the toughest matchup out there for Amanda. I know you're focused on your division. You've told me this many times before. But I'm wondering if you agree. Are you the one to dethrone her sometime in the future? Mm, you know, yes. Uh, I think that uh, my goal right now is uh, to fight in my weight class because uh, I was waiting for a long time to fight in my uh, natural weight class. Every time in UC I was fighting with uh, my bigger opponent, uh, higher, like, taller than me. And, it, uh, of course, it affects. Uh, a little bit of your like fight of your game um, but uh, even um, having all these troubles I was feeling um, strong enough to fight in 135 in Bantamweight division um, but now uh, I want to be in uh, my natural weight class because it's um, finally happened and I can do my things in here but the fight against Amanda you know it's like um, I think it's going to happen sometimes in the future. And at this point, it's already not because of um, she wants it or I want it. It's not because of ours. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen sometimes in the future. Right. So obviously you're in no rush. You're very happy at 125 pounds, but you feel that uh, the, the path's laid out before you. Each of you continue to win. It's inevitable that the that the third fight happens. Yes, I think so. I think so. But uh, let's see what's gonna uh, happen in the future. But because you never know how everything will turn around. Absolutely. And before we get back to August tenth in Uruguay, 
Uh, I wanted to ask about Antonina. Her UFC debut did not go as planned, but she's got a fight coming up on August 3rd, as you had mentioned before. How, how are you expecting her to bounce back from the loss, and will you be in her corner on August 3rd? I definitely will be in her corner in Newark. So we're going to travel to her fight, and then straight after the her fight, we're going to travel to Uruguay. Uh, but I want to make a correction, because her UFC debut was successful against a Korean fighter. Oh, and that's right. And then my, the my second fight... Yes, the second fight she has the decision uh, against Roxanne, and now she's like, um, um, you know, she has very strong mindset, and she's never thinking like, oh, something uh, bad happened, and she's she's very strong person. She's every time moving forward. She just like literally after the fight, she was already back to the gym, and she was working on making her better and now in the training camp she's training very strong i know that uh, she's gonna face a good opponent and uh, she will be uh, she will leave best side of herself on this fight and of course she will do everything to be successful and to go uh, as a winner from this fight yeah that's right my apologies i, I forgot that she had one fight uh previous to roxanne but it sounds to me like everything is, is well and you're expecting her to be very successful uh, come next weekend. Yes, everything is good. Weight cut, perfect. She's feeling strong. She's feeling confident. And, of course, I will do everything to support her for the fight and uh, to make uh, to make this victory, uh, uh, to bring it to the life. Well, I certainly look forward to her return and continued success. Uh, just as much as yours, of course. All right, Valentina, you've been more than generous with your time, as always. Just a couple more questions here for you. Assuming you come out of the fight with no injuries on August 10th, when would you like to get back in there? Is it one more fight before the end of the year, or do you think you can get in two? I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe two, <laughs> maybe one, maybe two, but definitely not less than one. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, and in conclusion... When you visualize this fight playing out against Carmouche, what do you see? Oh, what I see, you know, I don't like to visualize uh, any fight how it's good because it's like, uh, why you have to waste your time to thinking about something that maybe would happen, maybe not. You don't know, no, and that's why I just don't like to waste my time and thinking about all these things. I just uh, know that I have to um, train myself uh, in everything uh, to be ready, to be ready to defend where I have to defend and to be ready to attack where I have to attack. And, uh, for example, it's for the training. And in my meantime, I prefer to enjoy the day, enjoy what's going around me, and just to live the life. Because, you know, uh, we are training every day, we are preparing for the fight. It just to think about the fight, it's uh, unfair for the life. Because it's so short, and you have to appreciate every single moment, enjoy every single day. I'll tell you what, Valentina, you certainly walk the walk and talk the talk of a true martial artist. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and 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 hear this uh, 
again, it's like refreshing and not a lot of fighters are out there with that kind of mindset that you have about being a combat sports athlete. So very refreshing and always a pleasure to hear about it. Um, again, pleasure to speak with you before we let you go though. Any, uh, shout outs or sponsor plugs? I just want to say thank you for everyone who are supporting me. Uh, my uh, sponsors, Parimatch and uh, Trifecta, for keeping me, like, feeding me <laughs> well for, for the training camp. And, of course, everyone who uh, uh, supporting me and giving, uh, giving their best wishes. So I am thankful for my team, for my coach, for my sister, and just doing everything for uh, be successful, continue me success in UFC. So August 10th in Uruguay, you're going to defend the title, hopefully get a finish, and, and put on a spectacular show for all the fans. Yes, this is my goal. <laughs> all right. Hopefully we can catch up again after the fight. Safe travels. Best of luck to you and your sister on your respective fight nights. And again, uh, hopefully we can talk after a big win. Thank you very much for the time today, Valentina. Thank you, Jason. And have a great time for you, too. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Consummate professional, as always. Can't say anything less of Valentina. As I said earlier, incredibly talented inside of the cage. A sweetheart outside of the cage represents and carries herself as a true champion and certainly commanding a whole lot of star power to boot. Make sure you guys tune in August 10th on ESPN. I believe it might be ESPN plus going down in Uruguay, Valentina versus Liz Carmouche in the rematch and make sure you guys show some support for Antonina Shevchenko as well fighting this weekend. Newark, New Jersey, August 3rd. So let's keep it rolling. We'll keep it moving as we always do. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice coming up next. UFC heavyweight veteran turned one championship, potential superstar in the making. After you hear this conversation, you're going to be hard pressed to think differently. He's a stud. He's a superstar in India already and only going to be more so with his new promotion in one championship, Arjan Bular. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show UFC veteran, Olympic-level wrestler, and now an exciting addition to one championship roster, Arjan Bular. Arjan, thanks for taking the time to join the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Jason. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and excited to have a chat with you. Absolutely. Our pleasure as well. So we're just over a week away from your next fight. First things first, man, how has your camp been so far? It's been fantastic. Um, you know, I we before the fight, uh, kind of my contract, uh, you know, got the T's crossed, I's dotted. Um, they had mentioned that there might be an opportunity to fight the opponent I have on this date. Um, so although it was a tight window, we had a feeling that we were going to get the, the deal done and, and get on this card. So, um, you know, I got to work, went down to AK, been in camp with uh, DC, um, and, and I couldn't ask for, for a better training partner in a better environment to get ready. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you're pretty close with DC. Obviously a ton of talent to work with at AKA. How long have you been training at American Kickboxing Academy? I've been there since pretty much the beginning, man. Um, 
you know, when I when I looked to make the transition over uh, in 2013, uh, you know, Kane was the man, DC was the man, um, and obviously at the higher weights, uh, they were the best, uh, aside from the, the rest of the guys at AKA. But more than anything, you know, uh, I had connection with these guys through wrestling. Uh, King Mo was there at that time, um, a guy named Sean Bunch, uh, who fights for Bellator. So I reached out to these guys, and, and you know, because AK not only do they develop, you know, the best, uh, but they develop the best through through wrestling as well. So I thought, you know what, this would be the best team for me to drop my anchor, uh, where my wrestling skills could trans- translate over into the sport, and um, and obviously, you know, got the best big men in the division uh, in, in in the sport. So it was a no-brainer. Yeah, you know, you kind of answered my next question perfectly. Obviously, the wrestling credentials of yourself are well known as is the case with many of AKA's top dogs. What is it about the American Kickboxing Academy that attracts so many top-level grapplers, in your opinion? I think, number one, it's a track record. You know, if you just look at look at their track record, it's the OG of, of a fight team has been around forever, um, you know, and, and they've just got a proven track record with making uh, wrestlers, you know, world champions. And aside from that, you know, obviously the grapplers lead the way, but, you know, they've had strikers that have come through as well who have picked up the wrestling. Um, so it's definitely the track record, the reputation, you know, great coaches. Javier Mendez, Bob Cook, been there since day one. Um, you know, and aside from that, we truly train as a team, man. And that starts from the top down, obviously, with Javier, with DC being the team captain. Uh, we're a team. We're not like some of these other teams where, you know, guys have their own clicks and they train at different times and, and that type of thing. Everyone gets together at noon every day, and we train as a team. So that camaraderie, that track record, and, and just the leadership in the room um, is, is, I think, what sets it apart. Yeah, man, camaraderie, that's the perfect word to describe it. I mean, everybody I've talked to from AKA, Javier in particular, I mean, he believes that you guys really are brothers in battle and, 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 and outside of the cage as well. So uh, an, an amazing team atmosphere for anybody that is willing to put in the work and and, and get on the grind with all of those talented guys there. But you're set to make this promotional debut with one championship on August 2nd at Dawn of Heroes in Manila. What a stacked card that is, first of all. I can only imagine how excited you are to be a part of that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of the promotion. We can talk about that in a minute. But in terms of the card, um, yeah, it's, you know, you got DJ on there. You got Eddie on there. Um, you know, you go to Manila, Philippines, Thrilla in Manila, being an Ali fan, you know, growing up, being one of my idols, um, that, that's cool, man. Being in a ring in Manila, being on a card with, with, with those, you know, UFC vets, everything sort of made sense. And the matchup made a lot of sense, too, for, for where I want to, you know, get my career, uh, career to. So um, I'm excited. We're expecting 20,000 people, sold out arena, uh, families flying out with me. Um, we're ready to go, man. I think a lot of people were surprised to hear that you signed with one championship following your UFC tenure. You went three and one with the promotion. You were coming off of a two fight win streak. Walk us through the negotiations and what led to you signing with one. Um, you know, several factors, you know, obviously I got in this sport. It was, is to be a UFC champion fighting the UFC, just like, you know, a lot of fighters, but the landscape has really changed since then. Um, and there are a lot of opportunities. You know, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think it's the best time to be in the sport uh, at more than any other time in history. 
You've got, you know, obviously the UFC, you've got Viacom back, Bellator, you've got PFL giving you a million bucks, you've got one championship giving top dollar, and huge platforms, ESPN, TNT, um, you know, uh, the zone's last bike for Bellator. So for fighters, you know, it's, it's the best time to be in the sport. And, and you know, the UFC, obviously, it's, it's a business at the end of the day that they, they treat their, their fighters. Um, so you, you have to treat, treat it the same, otherwise you're a fool. Um, you know, so for me, the thought process was always to go to free agency. Um, I'm, of the, I'm of the thinking that, you know, you, you, don't, you don't allow your employer to set your value. There's no other job in the world where that happens. So you go to free agency and, and you let the market set your value. Um, and, and the market, uh, my market value was significantly higher than what the UFC was offering, not even in the same neighborhood. Um, aside from the financials, um, you know, I looked at a couple other things. My goals when I got into the sport was, I had three main goals. One was to be a world champion. One was to take the sport to India and crack that Indian market. Uh, huge for, for obviously my personal brand, but for my legacy that I want in the sport, that I did that. Uh, I, I spearheaded that. And then number three, to make a lot of money. And in all three categories, one the one offer was able to, to surpass the UFC. I'm getting more fights guaranteed, where the UFC was a, a two-fight, two-year, two four-fight offer. Um, one is, is a two-year, six-fight offer. Um, and that, that was, you know, as a competitor and, and, and wanting to be a world champion, I can't, I can't do anything with two fights a year. Um, and that was very frustrating, um, having to gone through that already with the UFC um, and, and that being the offer on the table moving forward. So, so the one offer was, was, you know, in all three categories, it allowed me to accomplish, you know, my goals that I, that I set out to do in this sport within this contract. And, and the UFC wasn't able for me to accomplish even one of those. So, so that was so, sort of it. Um, and I'm excited, man. You know, aside from, from the goals and, and that type of thing, you know, one has just been treating me, uh, you know, like they really want me. Um, you know, they flew me and my wife out business class to Singapore to meet the whole team top down. One of the owners is, is, uh, is an Indian. Uh, he, he signed uh, a huge TV deal in the country, um, and, and they're looking to go there in 2020. They want me to be the guy. So, you know, and then the UFC doesn't have, have a plan for the Indian market. There's no Indian within the company, period. Right. As part of the Asia team, as part of the team in Asia or the team stateside, there's no Indian. So, you know, the, for myself personally, it just made a lot of sense, and, and that was it. Well, obviously, the financial side of the business is paramount. It is prize fighting, after all, at the end of the day. Uh, but it sounds like the UFC, not only did they not recognize your value monetarily, but in regards to bringing that Indian fan base, on the flip side of that, it sounds like one championship does recognize that value, and, and, and they're willing to give you that kind of exposure and, like you're saying, accomplish those dreams of bringing mixed martial arts back to your home country. I believe in that vision so much. It's going to blow up in the country. It's a, it's green. There's no other promotion there. There's no other sport aside from cricket, and which is oversaturated. But they had, they had 300 million people tune into the Premier League last year for cricket. Like, look at those numbers. Right. It's an English-speaking country. It's a democratic country, so you don't deal with any any communist, you know, bureaucracy or anything like that. Um, it's a no-brainer. Um, and and so that's what really excites me. And in terms of the value. Because one is looking to go there is, is the reason I'm, I'm getting cut the check. I'm getting cut as well. I understand that. It goes hand in hand. Um, so it just makes, again, it makes a lot of sense for me. Um, and I'm excited. One's coming stateside too with a deal on, on TNT, um, you know, and they're coming, they come opening, they got their offices opening in New York and L.A. 
So I think the timing is just right. I can I can help with the with the U.S. push. I can help with the India push. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, I'm excited for Manila. It's a match made in heaven, right? It is. I mean, if you think about it, you take the emotions aside and you just you know write down which is what I did with my team. I wrote down, you know, what I'm getting on, on, on from one deal, what I'm getting on the other. It's a no-brainer, man. Um, and, you know, aside from stuff on paper, just how they're treating me on a human factor um, is phenomenal. And, and, you know, my family was very happy to meet the whole team. And, and my management was on board. My team was on board. And I, I trust the people around me. If everyone around me has a unanimous opinion that, hey, this is the way to go, it doesn't even matter what I'm thinking. I, I have those people around me, and I have to trust them. So that's the way we're going. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, uh, speaking with so many athletes under the one championship banner, having a guy like Chachri at the helm, I hear it time and time again that the the way the athletes are treated is, is you know, you can't even compare it to any other promotion at this current time. But one has done an incredible job of telling the stories of all these athletes as well. Uh, they've done some amazing stuff in regards to community outreach. They've built some real superstars, man. Like, for instance, Ang Law. Uh, he's such a big deal in Myanmar. He can't even walk down the streets without being mobbed by all the adoring fans. That being said, you know, what is your fan base currently like back in India? Huge, man. They're waiting. They want an event. That's why everyone is so devastated. Why are you leaving the UFC? Why? I'm like, the UFC has no plans. If, if you want the sport to explode, it's going to be one championship. These guys want it to happen. Um, and more than anything, you, you nailed it. You know, Chatsi, great leadership. Um, the rest of his team follows uh, follows uh, his lead, um, and you know, I, I was never a shit talker. I was never one of those guys to create a gimmick, be a Colby Covington, be a uh, you know, throw you know, get busted for cocaine and friggin' throwing dollies <laughs> through windows to get attention. I'm not doing any of those things. That's not who I am. And if I ever did that and I came home, my old man would slap me upside my head. He said, "What do you? We never taught you this. Like, what do you think you're doing?" Uh, you know, I got into this to to be to, to obviously be a world champ, but also lead for example. I know a lot of kids out there look up to athletes, um, and I wouldn't want my my own kids acting in that manner. So why would I want anyone else's kids acting in that manner? So yeah, and, and one championship, you know, that's what they that's what they promote. They're, they're about the values I grew up with in, in my household. You know, it's about respect, it's about integrity, it's about honor, it's about being a good person. Um, and and you know that that really made a lot of sense for me because. I wasn't about to do any of those other antics to, to gain attention. Um, so I'd, why not be promoted for, for being a good person and a hero, as they say, in, within one championship uh, for your people? Yeah, man, it, it's a strange thing how promotion in the West differs so much from, from how it's done in the East. And, you know, you think of a guy like Demetrius Johnson, right? He's the perfect fit for one championship. So it sounds to me like th- that goes hand in hand with how you feel. And, and this is going to be, like I said earlier, a perfect match. Exactly, exactly. It's, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to promote something I'd never want my kids, uh, you know, doing or, or getting into. Um, and it just, it, it's weird out here. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I've never been a part of it, and I wasn't planning to be a part of it. So that's good that, you know, I, I don't have to do that either. That's a bonus. Right, right. So this very exciting new chapter in your career with a lot of amazing things on the horizon, it all starts with Mauro Cirilli next weekend. He's a pretty seasoned striker coming off of a big win. How do you think you guys match up? Yeah, you know, obviously before we got the deal done, we expected a tough fight. Um, you know, with Sage coming over and, and getting the results, you got Eddie, you know, getting his result, and even DJ having a very, very tough fight. 
um, you know, the guys over at one are, are, are not easy fights. Um, so we expected to get a tough fight right off the bat, and and that's fine because that's what we got. We've got a seasoned uh, seasoned uh, veteran. He's fought for the world title. He's got a title out in Europe. Um, you know, judo background, likes to swing heat, um, all that type of stuff. But um, and it's exciting because uh, you know it's, it's a good matchup to get my career where I want. Um, you know, I, I, he fought for the heavyweight title. I have a good showing against him. Um, you know, we're 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 heading towards the title. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, great motivation in camp. He's going to be dangerous. He's going to be aggressive, um, and that's and that's where that's where his story ends, um, and that's where where mine begins. Every every heavyweight is dangerous and swings heat. Every heavyweight is generally aggressive. I've faced that many times, um, but I don't think he's faced anyone who brings Olympic wrestling to the table. Uh, be able to put him on his back. Be able to beat him up. Um, and and I think my unique attributes. Uh, or, or, or what's going to set this matchup apart? Yeah, you mentioned his judo background, but I mean, you look at his record. The majority of his wins come come via strikes. Um, it, for me, it seems like almost on paper. Do, do you feel like this is kind of a classic American or Western style wrestling versus a striker? Yeah, you know, it's it's. But every you know the way he swings and then what he brings to the table. Every heavyweight swings hard, you know, uh, punches and and does what he does. If he was Throwing, you know, uh, crazy kicks or you know, you know, spinning, spinning attacks, that type of stuff. It'd be different. Um, so, so it's something that I can say I've seen and I've competed against. Um, obviously, very dangerous. Uh, he's very aggressive. I have to have to be sharp, especially early on. But I, I feel uh, my wrestling will weigh on him, and and the difference uh, will be that. When you look at the one roster, whether it be heavyweight, lightweight, everything in between. There isn't a whole lot of high-level wrestling going on, mainly because wrestling isn't you know, at the level in many Eastern countries as it is in the West. You must be seeing a really big advantage that you'll have over the majority of these guys, right? Definitely. I, I saw that when, when I was within uh, the UFC as well, um, and, and I feel that that's going to translate over extremely well within uh, one championship. I feel that will always be my, my wild card, and... and uh, what, what sets me apart uh, from uh, anyone and everyone. Not, but at the same time, obviously, I'm not going in just to wrestle. I, he's been uh, been uh, very dangerous within the UFC. I've heard every guy I've fought, um, and, and I intend to do the same and show my whole whole arsenal what I've been cooking up uh, as a mixed martial artist. Now, you mentioned the, the championship goals, obviously, there. Give us your thoughts on the current champ, Brandon Vera. He's had a career renaissance with one. He's got a big fight coming up with Angla, but uh, how do you think you match up with Brandon? I hope he's ringside. I hope he's there. Uh, you know, we're going into his backyard, me and Moro. Um, I know Moro probably wants a rematch with Brandon. Um, I want to get my hands on him. He's done phenomenally uh, well in, in, in one. He's definitely had a resurgence. Um, he's, he's, he's led, uh, he's been that hero for the Filipinos and for the Filipino community and, and the country. So what he's done, um, I'm looking to do for India now. So and, and in order to do that, I need that gold uh, that gold around his waist. Um, he's got a fight against Angla, and, and maybe he's the guy at 225 moving forward. But uh, I'm here to be the heavyweight champ, and, and, and I need what he has. Now, obviously, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, take one step at a time, but do you feel as though you'll be able to climb the ranks quickly and be challenging for that title maybe early next year? I hope so. I hope so. Uh, we've got a big task uh, on our hands for next weekend, and I think that will uh, really set the tone 
for our timeline within the company uh, to, to move on up. But, uh, you know, I, I am hopeful and I, I, and I expect to, to, to challenge Brendan fairly quick. And, uh, again, um, you know, so long as everything goes as planned next weekend, um, that is the plan. So in the discussions with Chatri and everybody else on the team, you mentioned that they want to bring the the promotion to India in 2020. Do you th- do you potentially see that as uh, maybe your 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 uh, title challenge or first title defense? I mean, where do you think that's going to line up in regards to your title aspirations within the company? Yeah, uh, you know, again, it's timeline. I think if if, if their timeline to throw the event lines up with with the matchup, definitely that'd be fantastic. If it means I fight for the title sooner and, and maybe I, I take the title there and, and, and defend, maybe that's the that's the play. Um, again, none of that is on the table unless I take care of business next weekend. So, uh, you know, I'm focused on that and, and bringing out my best next weekend and then we'll sit down with them and, and sort of figure out uh, what the next play is. Well, I certainly think there is a very bright future ahead of you, my friend. I've said it many times in the show, but – one championship really is doing things the right way, and you're another great addition to their roster, as I said earlier. Uh, but you've been more than generous with your time, man. I just got a couple more questions here for you. Assuming you come out of this fight unscathed, realistically, I know you say you got two years, six fights, but how quickly would you like to get back in there? Um, You know what? As long as I'm healthy, I'm good to go. I, like I said, I wanted to stay busy. That was you know, one of the things, one guaranteed, and, and, and um, you know, two fights a year wasn't going to cut it. So, you know, whether that's right before Christmas or, or first quarter next year, um, we'll, be, we'll be getting going right around then. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to sit down with, uh, with, uh, with the company after this fight and, and figure out what the next play is and, and then go from there. When you visualize this fight on August 2nd playing out, uh, tell all the fans what you see and what can all the fans in Manila expect when you step foot into that one championship cage? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a finish. I'm going to finish this guy. It won't go to the final bell. Um, you know, first, you know, when I got into this sport, it was about, okay, just win, find a way to win. That's the most important thing. And I, and I've learned how to win, uh, at the highest level. Now it's, it's about not only winning now, it's how you win too. So um, I, 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 I'm expecting to finish him. I'm expecting to come forward, uh, while I'm standing up. Um, and, and I expect to put him on his butt and pound him out there. Um, either way, he will wilt, and it will be either standing or it will be on his back, but it will be a finish. And for all the fans out there worldwide, everybody back home in India that's already following you and everybody that is yet to jump on board, what can they expect from you with one championship going forward in this new chapter of your career? We're leading the way for, for the push, guys. Everything that we've been wanting to do for the last two years, um, we're going to do with one. Um, going to win, going to win uh, in exciting fashion going to have a world title, going to bring, throw a huge event in Bombay, um, and, and we're going to light this thing up and, and, and explode the sport uh, in the country. I, I appreciate the support, continue supporting, and um, exciting things ahead. Absolutely, man. Very exciting stuff. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? No, all good. Just follow online, Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, Facebook, whatever it is. Um, you know, we're excited and we'll have a continued updates between now and the fight. Aside from that, all good. Awesome, man. All right. Shukriya, Arjan. It was a pleasure speaking with you, man. And I hope we can catch up again soon. Best of luck on August 2nd in Manila. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. 
You guys heard Arjon talking about this, and I'd just like to echo his sentiment. This is the best time in the history of the sport for all of these athletes. The amount of opportunities that they have. Competition is best, as we know. So the more opportunities they have, the more options they have, that only benefits the fighters at the end of the day. And you guys have heard me talk about it a lot on this podcast. Fighter pay is a big issue. So for him to get the payday that he deserves, the opportunities that he deserves with one championship, all the more power to him. Make sure you guys tune in, download the One Super app, watch Dawn of Heroes this Friday. If you guys are up early, of course, the show kicks off at 7 a.m. Eastern time, going down in Manila. And could you guys imagine, let's say a cricket stadium, Sold out in India, all to see Arjan. You heard him talk about the numbers there. It's crazy to think that most MMA promotions aren't doing a better job of breaking into that market. But if we know anything about one championship and all the things that Arjan just said, Chatri and his whole team, they'll be the guys to do it. So again, kudos to Arjan for making the best move for his career. I wish more athletes would take notes of exactly what he's done and do what's best for them. Because at the end of the day, this is prize fighting. It is their health on the line. And if you're a true fan of this sport, you really only want to see these guys and gals succeed at the end of the day. First time having Arjan on the show. Big thank you to him and his team. Pleasure speaking with him. But let's keep it moving, guys. BJPenn.com radio, episode 120. Closing out the show, as I said earlier, you'll hear me say it again and again, pioneer of women's combat sports. It was an absolute treat to have her on the show. been following her for many, many, many years. The warrior princess, Zoila Frosto. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show a true pioneer in women's combat sports, the warrior princess, Zoila Frosto. Pleasure to be speaking with you, Zoila. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Um, just leaving Alpha Male now um, in Sacramento, wrestling, so it's been a pretty damn good day. <laughs> they had a great weekend over there in Sacramento, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. It was pretty amazing. I was actually there for that tonight. Yeah, very, uh, very triumphant return for the California kid. Yep, sure was. Now, we are just two weeks removed for, from your next fight on August 2nd in Fresno against uh, Reina Cordoba. First things first, how are you feeling and how has your training camp been so far? I feel good. I feel really good. I feel like I've been in training camp for, for a while now. I was just fighting in April and then I was just fighting in May and now we're, we're fighting in August. So I've had a pretty good camp. Um, we're just coming off a pretty big win. Um, I'm pretty excited, you know, we've both been ready to go, and, and all I have to do is just be more and more prepared, so um, I can't complain. Now, how much of a, a frustration is that for you to be training for certain dates, fights falling through, and then trying not to not to overtrain and, and dial it back? I mean, that's got to be a difficult situation, right? It, de- it definitely was, um, but I, I have a really good team, and uh, with Dr. Gelpin, and kind of like had me tame it down a little bit after I found out that I wasn't fighting in April or or May, so it's, it's been a little roller coaster. It kind of sucks because, you know, I, I didn't um, I didn't get to show what, what I improved on, and I didn't get to um, 
to get back in there when I wanted to, when I was ready to. So, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, what can you do? I, there was nothing I could do about that. Right, so it was, it was lack of opponents? I mean, what was the situation there? Uh, on the last one, the girl pulled out the last week, and she ended up uh, apparently getting hurt that the week of, so... Um, the one in May, that, that's what had happened. And before that, um, it was a lack of opponents um, that were taking the fight. But as soon as we got somebody, it was it came down to her getting hurt last week. Man, that's that that's definitely a, a frustrating situation, especially coming off of <clears throat> such an incredible win with your Combate Americas debut, right? I'm sorry. I'd imagine that's uh, it's super frustrating considering how eager you must be to get back in there following such a great promotional debut. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was I was pretty motivated before that, especially you know coming back from a few another injury and um, and I was finally ready. Um, yeah, it was it was really frustrating to me, but um, you know there's really not not anything I can do about it, so. Right, all in, all in the rear view now, and, and your focus, of course, is on August 2nd. What can you tell us about your opponent and how you both match up stylistically? Um, the only thing I really know about her, basically, uh, there's only five kids that we can find her from three, four years ago. I, mean, I know she's a really strong um, judo, judo girl. Um, in the fights that, that we have seen, she, you know, she's hitting she hit the same takedown over and over and over again. So she's pretty quick with it. Um, she's a great athlete. She's so older. She's been doing this for just about as, as long as I have. Um, she has a really good record. She's nine one, so um, she's a really good woman for me, you know, and, and, and a pretty big test. But I've been fighting girls that are that are going to be trying to take me down for for over a decade now. So it's not anything new. Um, I feel like I should be better than her everywhere when it comes to striking. When it comes to um, when we get locked up, you know, I'll put myself in, but. You know, for now, I feel like I'm going to be better everywhere, except for maybe the judo. You know, she she, she might have that that on me. But you know, I, I've been working, I've been working a lot on, on my wrestling uh, with Alphaville. We have Coach Alex Neal coming out to CSA and helping us out there too. So you know, I've been I've been at it for a very long time, so I'm, I'm pretty confident in the fight. And and what a better place to work on that wrestling in reverse for a striker like yourself than a place like Team Alpha Male, right? Absolutely. Uh, they have done wonders for me. Um, Coach Alex Nios, um, Uriah Faber, like they, every single time that I'm out there, they are so helpful. Um, and, you know, it, it, I'm starting to put things together when it comes to wrestling, too. So, you know, you might see that, too. So we'll see. Now, this will be your second fight in Combate, uh, and this is, of course, Raina's uh, promotional debut. While she might not be a household name like yourself, every fight in this business is a challenge, right? Sorry? I was just saying, uh, this being your second fight in Combate, uh, this will be Reina's promotional debut. Uh, she might not be a household name like yourself, but every fight in this business is a challenge, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, any time that you're stepping in there with somebody that signs that, uh, that contract, they're going to be good. Just as motivated and just, you know, training just as hard and uh, ready to go, you know, so... Um, I'm not going to take her lightly, and then you know, I never really think when it comes to the opponent saying across me. Now, being that this event is going down in Fresno, I'd imagine you were looking forward to putting on a show for the hometown crowd. That being said, is there any added pressure for you to perform and make sure you take home the win on August second? 
I wouldn't say there's pressure. I don't like to put too much pressure on my on myself. You know, there's there's pressure in, in everything I do. So um, it's not it's nothing new. You know, I, I I'm gonna go in there and have fun. And just like I went in there and had fun this last time around, I you know it always comes out. It always comes out a, a great win for me. So just as long as I go in there with with all the tools that I have, you know, I stay calm, relaxed, and I have some damn fun. Uh, it usually looks pretty damn good. So. Not putting too much pressure on myself, you know. I'm, I'm going in there. Nobody else is in that cage with me, so um, you know I can't put too much pressure on myself. I can go in there and, and, and go as long as I have. Either way, I'm sure you're very excited to, to to again go out there in front of the hometown crowd. You're going to have a lot of support there, I'd imagine. Absolutely. I mean, I went to I went to school there. I was born and raised there. Um, I have people coming from everywhere. I've, I've worked in casinos there. I played sports. I play college ball. Like I have people, I have friends that have been there forever, and I have a lot of people coming to support me for sure. So, and family, all my family lives there, so uh, I, I should have a pretty good crowd, like usual. <laughs> pretty rowdy crowd for you, that's for sure. Uh, now you've been pretty, you've been pretty vocal about uh, competing for yet another world title with Combate. Does a big win over Reina does that set you up for a title fight in your opinion, or do you need to get a couple more under your belt? We'll see. I mean, hopefully it does. Um, but, you know, time will tell. We'll see when, after I win this fight, I'll, I'll sit down and have a talk with uh, Campbell and the other guys, Mike Apple, the Bumble with, and we'll see if, um, you know, if that's something that, that, that I can maybe shoot for, hopefully the end of the year or next year. We'll see. It, it all, you know, time will tell. Right. Got to just win for two weeks, and then we'll go from there. Right, one fight at a time. Now, you've been in competition for over a decade. You fought just about and in just about every major promotion available for female athletes. Tell us about the decision to join Combate and what the experience has been like for you so far. Uh, it was just being treated well. You know, that, that first fight that I had with him, um, I, I was kind of a, a feeling out process. I, I've been all over the place, and uh, I just, at, at this point in time in my career, I wanted to be somewhere where I'm going to feel not just comfortable, but where I'm going to feel like I'm well, you know, not, you know, out there. Um, I just, I really wanted to be treated well, and, and after that first fight with them, um, they treated me really well, and I was like, you know what, this is the place where I want to be, so, um, so I signed with them, and, and I'm more than happy I did. Yeah, you mentioned Campbell McLaren there, Mike uh, Aframowitz, uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Mike over the years, a couple of great guys to have behind the wheel of a promotion like this. Uh, give us your thoughts on the growth of MMA in the Latino world and, you know, how that translates into, uh, you know, having such a great promotion with these guys. I think it's absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, what, what they've been able to do with, with Bobby has been, it's been great, you know. Um, we love to fight, you know. <laughs> so, uh, anytime he just fights in front of, in front of us, it's, it's always a good thing. He'll is- always get a lot of views. Absolutely, absolutely. I just think, uh, you know, it, it, as it does with every promotion, it just takes a little time to really break into the mainstream. I think that uh, with this fight on the horizon with, with Tito and Alberto, that's certainly one to, to really push the envelope and hopefully bring Kabate to the forefront of mixed martial arts. Give us your thoughts on that fight. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Tito's been around forever. He's a legend in sport. And, uh, you know, I think it's... It, it, it's going to be a really, really good fight. It's going to get a lot of people interested and a lot of people are going to want to see that. So um, I'm excited to watch. And I'm sure a lot of other people will be as well. 
Now, get, getting back to yourself, your own career, your own legacy, uh, you had a string of losses in Invicta and RFA before joining Combate in 2019. Your last fight before that was in 2016. Uh, I heard you mention an injury there. Was that the reason for the three-year layoff? For what now? For, uh, I, I had a, 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 the injury. Yeah. The, the, um, the losses that I had with Invicta and RFA, um, that, that point in time in my life, I was, you know, going through a lot of personal, personal stuff. So I was, uh, I, I, I was in a bad relationship and then I ended up going through a divorce and all along that part of my life was just not, I wasn't in, in the right place mentally um, and physically it showed by all the losses that I had. And, um, and so, you know, I, I had to, I had to, I had to gather myself back up again. So I ended up switching from, um, from MMA back to, back to Muay Thai and kickboxing kind of like find myself again and make sure this is something I wanted to do and it definitely was so um, the time I took off I was still fighting like I said but it was you know it was more kickboxing and, and boy time and I racked up about five wins there and, uh, and then I figured okay well now it's time to go back to MMA because you know I had unfinished business there so I did and, and I've been winning since I'd imagine you're reinvigorated and, and super motivated for this new chapter of your career with Combate absolutely now, you mentioned there, uh, you know, having to take some fights, going back to your bread and butter of striking to, to see if you, re- if you really uh, were still interested in pursuing the mixed martial arts career. Tell us, I mean, like I said, you're, you're a pioneer of the sport. What's left for you? What, what do you want your legacy to be about? I, I, you know, I want to be able to, to pull another, um, want to be able to pull another, uh, another world title with Bukumane and then maybe dabble in a little bit of boxing. Interesting. So uh, we see a lot of people trying to make that transition over to boxing, cross promotion between sports. That's something you could see yourself doing in the future. Absolutely. I mean, I've I've done I've done MMA, I've done Muay Thai, I've done kickboxing, all all of my levels. Uh, I would like to actually dabble in a little bit of boxing. Now, as I mentioned uh, several times here, truly a pioneer in women's combat sports, from being the first ever uh, female champion of Bellator to competing in Strike Force. I think the hardcore fans give you the credit that you're due, but I'm wondering if you feel like you get the respect you deserve as a pioneer of the game. I, you know, I, I feel like I do. You know, from, from a lot of the fighters, a lot of the older fighters, you know, there's, there's fighters everywhere that. Does feel like like I'm getting that respect. I feel like I do. You know? uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, th- that being said, I mean, having been around so long, and, and and being involved in the you know the the early stages of women's combat sports, particularly MMA, did you ever think that it would get to this level, that this pinnacle that we're at now? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, and and I was just fighting to just fight. You know? what I love to do, but um, we would have gotten this far. I mean, I, I, was, I was very much around when we did why would say that women's MMA will never, will never happen. So after him saying that, I was kind of like, oh, wow, like, that's how he feels about women? Okay, so, but it's still something that I really much wanted to do. I mean, that, that didn't deter me from uh, wanting to continue to do this, but, you know, but here we are. So I think a lot of things have changed. 
Absolutely. From, from the days of trying to fight, uh, or I remember, uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Kaufman, you know, going out of her way to appeal commissions to try to make sure you guys fought five minute rounds. I mean, we've come a long way since then. Absolutely. Uh, when, when you see how, how, fo- how far women's mixed martial arts is, uh, again, climbed into the forefront here, do you feel like it, was there anything that was done wrong along the way? Or are you happy with how everything's turned out so far? I think I'm, I'm happy with the way things have turned out so far. I mean, it would be nice to to make a little more money, you know, like our male male counterparts. But other than that, um, I think things are moving around, moving along this way that they should be. Yeah, fighter pay. I mean, even on the, even on the male side of things, that's certainly an issue that isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I think, uh, unfortunately, it's going to take some collective bargaining on the part of uh, combat athletes. Uh, do you feel that way as well? Uh, uh, collective bargaining. I mean, you mentioned fighter pay. Of course, that's an issue for women and uh, just as much of an issue for men as well. Uh, you know, we hear numbers of uh, the, the percentages that, that guys take home from uh, UFC profits. I mean, it's very, very meager in comparison to what the UFC is making. Uh, a lot of people say that collective bargaining is the is the way to go there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, look at every other professional sport and, and how much they're putting into it and how much they're sacrificing, you, we can make an argument that, you know, just the same, we're, we're risking our lives, we're putting our bodies out there, we're not, we're not changing retirement at the end of this, you know, and, uh, and, and we're, we're beating ourselves down a lot for the entertainment, you know, um, and, and for the fans and for these promotions, and we're not getting nearly, nearly as much, as much pay as, you know, like an NFL player or a basketball player or, you know, there's nowhere near, uh, there's nowhere near, we don't make nowhere near what, what they do, and, uh, and, and we take a hell of a lot of damage as well, you know, so uh, we've got a long way to go when it comes to that. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I think, you know, just as women's mixed martial arts a few years ago was in its infancy, I think that the sport as a whole is still in its infancy, and I hope we can get there one day. Fighter pay is definitely a big issue to, to, to me and, I, and many others. I think you all deserve to, to get a much bigger piece of the pie. Um, but that being said, I mean, l- looking at the landscape of mixed martial arts where it's at now, knowing that you were a pioneer and, and knowing what you still have yet to achieve for your legacy, I mean, do you, do you feel like uh, you can still go down as not only a pioneer, but one of the best to do it in the modern era? I, I believe so, you know. I mean, that's, that's why I'm still doing this. I, feel, I still believe that, you know. I very much can um, or, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> so, I believe so. Now, getting back to August 2nd, um, I, I believe you mentioned, what, you, you'd you like to fight one more time this year or, or looking at next year, early next year? I would like to fight a couple more times at least this year. So, um, if I can get, like, if I can get three more in, that would be perfect. But at least two more times, three years over. Three more? That's pretty ambitious. Yeah, I got a lot of catch-ups to do, I feel, for myself. Oh, absolutely. I, I wouldn't disagree. Again, uh, you know, anybody who followed this sport, you were certainly a, a household name, still are, but then, you know, getting back into this, you do have some, I definitely agree, you definitely have some uh, uh, time to make up for. Um, three times in a year, I mean, having the troubles finding uh, legitimate opponents, do you think that's going to be an issue going forward? Hopefully not, but, you know, we 
got a couple of problems trying to do that, so we'll see. We will definitely see. All right, and for all the fans uh, looking to tune in on zone August 2nd, what can they expect from you, and, and how do you visualize this fight playing out? Fireworks. You know, I'm, I'm motivated. I've uh, been inspired for a while, and uh, just like that, that last fight ended up, I'm planning on doing the same thing. You know, this girl's just trying to take me down. I'm going to touch her up a little bit, and, you know, she'll probably run into something that she doesn't like, and I'll hurt her, and hopefully be able to finish that fight soon. And... In regards to the title aspirations, capturing another belt, should we all expect to see the Warrior Princess with another strap before the end of this year, maybe early 2020? Hopefully. Hopefully before the end of the year, if not, early 2020. Um, and from what I hear, they're not giving out belts, they're giving out crowns for the women. So, you know, I'd be more than happy to, <laughs> to have a crown. And what what better way, uh, you know, what a better thing, uh, more fitting for your your moniker, the Warrior Princess, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, Zoila. I hope we can catch up again after a big win. Uh, best of luck on August 2nd. And uh, before we let you go, any shout-outs, sponsor plugs, the floor is yours. Oh, man, I have, I have a ton. Um, that's PSA. They've been there for me forever. Um, I have uh, Team Alpha Male. I'm working with um, the English... Um, the English, um, my English line coach, the English assistant, um, Tree Crew, um, A Fighter, um, and um, Joey's, uh, Joey's Last Intent, Madeira, where I'm from, um, I know there's a son, 44 Love Foods, I should probably make a list. Yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm, I'm <laughs> always... I, I have a lot of people, I have a lot of people on the podcast that, that have been supporting me for a very long time, you know, and, um, I'm still thankful, you know, so if I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. I know, I feel bad. I, I'm always putting you athletes on the spot with that last question and sponsor plugs, and everybody always rushes to try to remember everything. But real quick, you mentioned uh, Mind Coach there. Is that the same guy that uh, Josh Emmett's working with? Uh, no, I think it's somebody else. I think he's working with somebody else. Uh, how important has that been for you, uh, you know, getting back to high-level competition in MMA and, and you know, your your career resurgence? Oh man, it is it is night and day. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to to training the mind, it's as important as it is as it is, as it is for the body. Um, that's our that's our most powerful tool, tool. And I've known that you know ever since I started. So to be able to work with somebody to help me kind of stay on track, because I, I know I know the things I need to do, the things I need to feel, and the way I need to think. But you know, it's always nice to have somebody that you know can kind of keep on track too. So that is a really important part of this game, and. Um, and I'm more than happy to uh, continue to to use the the English the English tips that I'm using. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been with him for the last three fights, um, and then the one before that, um, I used when I came back to California after after my losses in MMA in Ohio. So um, ever since I've been winning, I've been using I've been using my coach. And it's been helping a lot. All right. Reaffirmation for the resurgence of the Warrior Princess. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right, again, greatly appreciate the time. Hope we can catch up again soon. Best of luck on August 2nd. I hope everybody tunes into to Zone, Combate America's Fresno. 
Uh, you have a great day and uh, pleasure speaking with you, Zoila. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. Truly an OG of the game, pioneer, and all-around badass. I was very happy to have that conversation with Zoila. Make sure you guys tune in after you watch One Championship, Dawn of Heroes in the morning on August 2nd, this Friday. Make sure you guys tune in Friday night for Combate America's Fresno. She'll be headlining. It's another stacked card and a whole lot of talent from the Latino community. Great things being done over at Combates as well. Just another step for Zoila to get back to championship form, capture another title, and further cement her legacy as one of the best to ever do it in the business. But that's it for us, folks. BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, Episode 120. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe, share, like this podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Stay up to date on Mixed Martial Arts. All the breaking news, all the exclusive content you could ever want, the viral videos, everything you crave from the sports you love, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. On behalf of the whole team, everybody at bjpen.com, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be on the lookout for another episode much sooner rather than later this time around. But until then, my friends, We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, everybody.